Hello and welcome to The Least Worst Alternative, our personal take on the political and social news of the week, both domestic and international. By way of introduction, I'm Sean and my collaborator on the pod is Guy. We've both experienced in finance and Guy's also been a marketing director for some of the UK's biggest names. I've worked in industrial relations for a major trade union and for my sins had a stint at the civil service. Going forward, we're looking for your input, so please tell us what you think on the message board. In the meantime, however, and without further ado, please enjoy The Least Worst Alternative. Good morning, Guy. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Sean. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Yeah, very good. It's um, turning out quite bright. Um, we've, we've had a lot happening, haven't we, over the last week, but what are we looking at today? Well, as you say, an incredible amount is every week, isn't it? But I thought we'd focus on a, on a couple of things. We could have picked probably three or four things, but I think we should focus on the fiscal event mm. and, the, and the fallout from it as yeah. opposed to the event itself. And also, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, Sakir and the Labour conference and what that means for the political landscape mm. over the next sort of two to five years, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, cause starting a f- fiscal event, my goodness... What a what a reaction! I mean, the the it doesn't seem it was only last Friday that uh, Kwarteng stood stood up in the house and made these announcements, and then all hell let loose, didn't it? I mean, we the markets were really spooked on Monday. So, what were they? And, what were they, What were they worried about? You... Well, I, I I think more than anything is is the fact that. Uh, there was no um, independent overview of mm. the fiscal event statement from the Office um, of Budget Responsibility, the OBR. That was probably one thing. Mm. So therefore, the conclusion would be this isn't balanced. It's just tax giveaways on the never-never. And then a little bit later, was it Tuesday? The, the IMF came out and said, well, the other problem is that these tax cuts are, are untargeted. Um, they're not. They're, they're across the board. Okay, favouring the wealthy, but but they're not really targeted at segments of the population who will definitely, definitely spend these giveaways. Uh, it, it, to be absolutely honest, it's difficult to pick up. Other than the energy price cap, it was difficult to pick out anything that that the markets regarded as a as a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know there was the um, was the not the cut, but the um dropping of the increase in corporation tax which I think yes. they, they seem to quite like because that would in theory stimulate the economy although the way things have panned out the, the, the negatives have outweighed anything that might come from that and you wonder why companies would want to invest or, or bring investment into the country at the moment because it's not looking good is it inflation looks as though it might be uh, on the rise um, and the, the money that they put in at the top then you say it's untargeted um, what's the theory behind that the, 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 the trickle down thing how does that work 
Well, it's very simple. It's the theory is, if we've all got more money in our pockets, uh, then we're going to go and spend it. But because uh, when you give away um, tax cuts at the top end, you're giving away money to people who already have money, the chances are that they might go and invest it, or worse still, go and invest it overseas. Mm. So, but it is, you're right, it's, it's trickle-down economics, but why, why, why it's causing this head tennis in the markets is the markets are saying, well, the Bank of England is telling us we're now going to try and control inflation by means of increased interest rates, which nobody likes, but at least everyone understands. And the second thing they started was quantitative tightening, uh, where you know, effectively they're trying to take out money from the financial system to reverse all the loosening over well, they, the I think Thatcher pandemic. used to call it, there was monetarism in her day, wasn't it? In, in yeah, it is, it is monetarism. Mm. And, and I know that sounds a little bit techy, but that's what they were doing. But then they had to reverse that because of the, um, the run on gilts, which are effectively loans to the government and their value. Uh, the Bank of England had to step in and put liquidity back into the market by way of buying government gilts at any price. That's mm-hmm. what they said, at any price. We said they do that for two weeks, which gets us near the next fiscal statement of the 23rd of November, doesn't it? Mm. Not, not quite there, but it gets us nearer to that. So I don't know what's going to happen after two weeks. No, no, because that had a jeopardised some pension funds, so I understand, in, the, uh, in, in that they were close to insolvency had the Bank of England not he, taken that action. That's right, and, and that was sort of all hushed up, really, um, because that would have spooked millions and millions of pensioners. Mm. Uh, and pension funds have to pledge assets with banks in order to distribute their pension returns. And, of course, the value of those assets that they already owned were going through the floor and pension funds were going to be forced to sell more assets at knockdown prices. So it was a vicious cycle. Uh, so they stepped in. And one wonders if that was the real reason that uh, Kwarteng met with, met with all those banks at the beginning of the week. Mm. So I suppose at this point we ought to look at what... Um, uh, because she called in the senior executives from from the OBR, what the OBR is, what it does, and 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 how um, they're hoping to stabilise the situation at the moment, which uh, we'll have a discussion about afterwards. But the Office of Budget Responsibility that was set up, I think, under the last um, Labour administration, wasn't it? To, yeah, is it Brown? Yeah, I Brown think so. To to sort of, as the name implies, to to monitor independently of government in, in yep. principle um, what they're doing with the finances and whether they're being responsible and what the long-term plans are or medium and long-term plans and um, they were there's, there's some debate isn't there as to whether they felt that they'd been given enough time to be able to produce a report on um, on, on the fiscal event um, a lot of people working within the Office of Budget Responsibility seem to think that they were ready to issue some sort of report and a lot of people in government are saying, oh no, 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 we didn't ask them because we knew they weren't ready. Um, so um, how do you think the the um, principle of getting them involved 
in the way that they have been so far has helped to stabilise the market or has it put jitters well, on if the I market? Go, if we go back a step, so Trust has been in power uh, for three weeks, is it? Mm. Uh, just before the Queen died. Um, so I don't believe a word of this, that the OBR weren't ready, wouldn't be ready. That They will have models that they can plug numbers into. It's not as if they've got to start from scratch. Mm. They could have easily plugged in the one pence reduction in basic rate, the 45p abolition, the reversal of the tax cuts, uh, sorry, tax rises to corporations. That would have been a piece of cake. Yeah. And they would have put in some growth assumptions as well on the back of it. Piece of cake would have been ready probably in a day. Mm. So I don't believe any of that nonsense. Uh, I think it was exactly what we said at the beginning of this pod is that they just didn't want their homework, homework marked mm. at that stage. Because I don't think uh, they were ready with balancing the books. And then we had that fiasco yesterday where she did meet with them, but she wasn't going to say anything about it and they weren't going to publish anything <laughs> until um, I think they were going to, get, going to get some figures on the 7th of October, which is next Friday, isn't it? Mm, I think so, yes. yeah. So, so whatever she said they were going to do, to balance the books, the OBR are going to crank the handle and run it through their models. As I said, they can do it really quickly. They're going to produce something next Friday. But hey-ho, we're not going to hear about that until the 23rd of November. Well, that's <laughs> reasonable, isn't it? So you're going to have this dreadful uncertainty, this vacuum that markets tend to fill with speculation. Mm. And we all know what that means for asset prices. Yeah, instability and... and and fluctuations up and down and all over the place. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, no. Other than um, I think it's it's what's been reported in the last couple of days. I think the only way to balance the books is obviously if you're going to have less income, the only way you balance the books in the short term is to spend less, which means austerity mark two. Mm. And there's not really. Um, <clears throat> sure a lot of people have been watching tv and listening to the radio over the last few days we, we went through the period of austerity before we there's not really a lot left to cut now is there on at a local level yeah. and and uh, national level and especially when she was she was and he was part of a government that a few months ago were pledging to plough extra billions into the national health service and extra billions into social care and i mean it, it's a complete turnaround from the Johnson administration in terms of um, spending, isn't it? Really? Now I know I appreciate that he, yeah. you know, he was um, he was very keen on pulling down unicorns and and having money to spend everywhere without really accounting for where it was going to come from. But this isn't this isn't the question of um, of not accounting for where money is. Well, it is of Christmas not good, but it, it, this is a change of policy direction completely, isn't it? It's almost like putting the brakes on and slamming into reverse um, in comparison to what's happened over the last few years. I yeah, it's almost like it's a completely new party. Mm. Uh, yeah. it, well, for, for you and I will remember the Thatcher years. It's it's sort of going back to the Thatcher years, but, but the thing that I think that they've either not thought about or forgotten is the economic environment is massively 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 different mm. you know we've had a once in a, a lot well once in a hundred year event that has damaged the balance sheets of well all nations not just us 
and we've obviously had uh, the biggest conflict since the Second World War, which has had the effect on energy prices, driving inflation. Well, those two events, COVID and that, driving inflation through the roof. This is different from the Thatcher years. But I think they're so wrapped up in this dogma mm. uh, they, they, they can't see the wood for the trees. Well, they're not even in the woods. You know, it's it's no. just as if they're in the planet Zog. It's um, yeah, <laughs> it's um. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. Please, please do. <laughs> planet Zog. I think sums it up quite um, quite succinctly. I think what's, 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 <laughs> what's quite interesting. The one about planet Zog. <laughs> <laughs> Probably what's, get more listeners. <laughs> What was, quite, what was quite interesting is that during the course of the um, leadership hustings, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, about this um, uh, this book that she and Quasi Quarte and, and there were there were a few of the uh, the <clears throat> bright lights. Patel. Pardon? Who was the other one? Pretty Patel. Pretty Patel. Yeah, there was a there, there was about half a dozen of them. Uh, a few of them were in cabinet in high positions of government at the moment. Um, Collaborated on, um, and I, the, yeah. the name escapes me now as to what the what the book was. Britannia unchanged. Britain un- oh, that's unchained. Right. Britannia. And and yeah. I have to say, when I was listening to um, <clears throat> when I was listening to conversations with regard to this book, I was sort of taking it to a certain extent. <clears throat> excuse me, with a pinch of salt, on the basis that I thought, well, these are the sort of things that students get up to when they're a bit younger. They put these ideas yeah, which in is fair print enough. and, you know, float them and see whether anybody bites on them or what have you. But, but when they when they get into serious positions of responsibility, they wouldn't be so reckless as to plough ahead without, you know, testing the waters and advising the markets and talking to the... Office of Budget Responsibility and making sure all the all your ducks were in a row before you actually take exactly. any action, um, albeit in a, as you say, in the middle of a, in the in the middle of what what is coming looking like. I mean, she's been lucky this month, but it's looking like we're going to enter recession and we've had the war, as you say, and the pandemic. But no, no, it would appear that they that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to put these these major ideas into practice. And come hell or high water, it would appear this morning, because they're still they're still buckling down on these ideas that that, that nothing's going to change. And and the chief secretary to the treasury, I think that's what you were alluding to earlier, Chris Philp has sent this memo round to the government departments, isn't he, demanding savings? Well, no, that's I, right. I mean, if it weren't so ludicrous, it 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 um, yeah, I I I just don't know. Where with with um, local government, for example, local government of where they're going to find any more savings on their social care bill, I don't know. So, it it, it all seems a bit of a pickle. By by the way, Sean, if um, if if you're feeling flush, you can still <laughs> buy this book. Uh, it's 19.55 on Amazon, <laughs> and and according to Amazon, this is a bit bizarre. It's the 2012th edition. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a typo. Even Amazon made. I think that's when it was published, but it does say it's the 2012th edition, which means they've obviously changed their mind a few times. The other author we couldn't remember was Dominic Raab, according oh, to Dominic Amazon. Well, well, crikey! 
Yeah, I didn't realise that. Well, he grew up, didn't he, yeah. in the intervening years, by the looks of things. Um, whereas maybe if you were... <laughs> Yeah, well, nothing like deputising for a dying Prime Minister well, to make grow that's, up. That's, I suppose that's right. He, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's been... Uh, I mean, he's, he's always struck me on occasion as, as rabbit in the headlight stuff, but at least um, the last week has been... Um, highlighted I think singularly by by their absence of appearing anywhere apart from this um, round of five minute local radio <laughs> shows disaster yeah. <laughs> which yes she was put to the sword wasn't she really by she by, was yeah um, I like the radio leads uh, basically morning love where you been <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes, I did, yes. Yes, it was very... Apparently, apparently this is is traditional before the party conferences that they set up these so-called easy um, (laughs) around-the-country segments uh, Ah. for them to be able to talk about the party conference. But uh, anyway, I guess the real question, though, is what does she do? So Mm. if what what are the options? I mean, if we keep it to three, because there's probably about ten... Well, but one would be to um, say, I tell you what, I've made a mistake. Mm. We're not going to do all this, so we'll have another think. Unlikely? I th- unfortunately, because of the characters involved, I think it is. That would be, in my view, that would be the grown-up thing to do and say we didn't expect this reaction from the markets. Yes. We'll, 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 in, the, in the interest of the country, I think people would probably accept that to a degree I mean it wouldn't clearly the opposition would make hay um, but I think that a lot of people would say well yeah you, you, you've learnt by your mistakes don't do it again and, um, and then over time that may fade away but I think from the evidence that we've had over the last few days I would give that um, a oh, 7% chance of happening somewhere in the low yeah. single figures I guess the other so the other alternative would be at least to have a look and change some of it so maybe get rid of the 45% uh, abolishment yeah yeah uh, maybe maybe not reduce corporation tax mm-hmm. what do you think about that that would bring coffers back into the into the into it the would. budget wouldn't it and um, well Again, I, th- I think that's almost on, the, on a par with with scrapping the whole thing because I think this is um, this this um, dogma about putting money back in in people's pockets, although it's only certain people's pockets. I think I think, and she's that would go against you know the the corporation tax thing that would go completely against her growth um, policy, wouldn't it? This, it would dash for growth over the next 18 months I'm not quite sure that we're going to have a huge resurgence of British industry and loads of international conglomerates ploughing money into the country over the next 18 months but no, I can't, I, I'm, I'm having difficulty seeing that as well if I'm honest I think you're right so that leaves let's keep it simple option three would be stay with the plan and balance the books mm. That would be public sector cuts, basically, wouldn't it? Um, well, what, what else could it possibly be? I mean, they're already talking about freezing 
benefits and tax allowances, aren't they, in, in, in regard of um, personal allowances. Uh, um, and that, that's, um, I mean, that really is, that really is a marker, isn't it, that you can find money to cut taxation for those earning over £150,000 a year, but you can't upgrade those on £133 a week, scraping by on universal credit. I, did, I, it, it, I mean, putting clear blue water between the two parties is, is maybe under underselling it. Yeah, I think the the sneakiest lever that they can pull is instead of increasing government departments' budgets, um, pensions, and other benefits by inflation, and let's, for simple figures, call that 10%, mm. uh, is to use the wage price index, which is lower, wages are rising by 5%, round figures, mm. and in the pen stroke, you save half the increase, and I think that's what they'll do. Right. That won't be missed, will it, though, by by opposition parties, I don't think. It, it certainly won't be from a pensioner no. who's on, you know, not even £200 a week. Uh, that certainly won't be missed. And as you say, it'll be picked up by Sakir and the media yeah. and every lobby group in the country. And that's that's mm. still not going to balance the books, though, is it, by any stretch of the imagination? No, no. Um, well, we can't. I mean, the reality is we can't. With the bailout on the energy price mm. cap for two years, uh, unless something changes in the price of energy or demand in the country reduces, which I think it will because people are beginning to realise that although there's a price cap, your bills are still doubling. Mm. Mm. Uh, mine are, anyway. Uh, then, uh, Then... Uh, I don't, they're going to have to do something to balance the books. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I mean, the the cuts in terms of departmental spending. Uh, they're talking. They they they've been talking quite a lot, haven't they? Um, quite viciously about cuts in in civil service and and laying off loads yep. of people from there. Um, yep. They could probably save a few quid here and there, but. Then, I mean, I, I heard something the other day in terms of uh, in terms of defence. We, we're talking about she's talking in the in the longer term about increasing uh, annual defence spending to three percent. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we're we're one of the only few within NATO that hit the two percent budget at the moment. Yeah, I know. Um, but at the same time, apparently the contingent battalion. I'm not quite sure what. Of, of troops that we sent out to Estonia is due to be withdrawn by Christmas. They're, they're pulling them back. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which... Um, mm. there's, there's all these sorts of things going on which you just think, well, you know, I, I, I just don't understand. I suppose what what, what um, what's the important thing now is what's going to happen between now and, and um, the 23rd of November, I think it is. I it? think so. Yeah, I think for because everything's in the moment isn't it these mm. these podcasts are in the moment uh, and there's so much going on and the market reactions are so violent and exaggerating the market's volatile I think there's so much going to happen between now and the 23rd personally I don't think it's going to take until the 23rd no. it's too long 
and when they're back in the house it's not next visit but the week after mm. I think there's going to be so much of a call for her to do something well we haven't even discussed yeah. she's got a conference coming up starting well today. that should be entertaining yeah. shouldn't it I think she'll probably have a, <laughs> is it today oh, I think it, I think it kicks off it's a some pleasantries today and the junior ministers oh, yeah. speeches on agriculture and, okay and, uh, so okay. yeah um, they're all uh, I'm just trying to remember where they are they're in Birmingham I believe are they so NEC they'll, they'll, they'll get a um, I would imagine they'll, they'll get a good reception in Birmingham <laughs> one of those areas that has a lot of people who are earning over £155,000 a year and will have benefited from this. Um, uh, yes, yeah, good good rail links into Birmingham. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not today. Or maybe those, um, you know, there was the push-me-pull-you-up-and-down things on the Laurel and Hardy films, they could use those. Her and, her and oh, Quasi yeah. could be, you know, push, them, push themselves into yeah. Birmingham, which would be, which would be good. So we've just had the end of the Labour uh, Labour Party conference, um, which I thought was was very interesting. What, what, what did you think about it? Yeah, it's been. Uh, I think they've come out of it more buoyant than they've been for the last, um, well, best part of the last twenty years. To be perfectly honest, uh, it, it um, lots of things have happened prior to the conference. I think we discussed very briefly about poll bounces, and I think they. They've seen their ratings go up in the polls, and it's given the party that confidence that they haven't had, and they 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 they've sort of all yeah. all pulled together. I was interested. Well, one of the interesting things to me was the, the fact that nobody saw sight nor sound of Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, he seems to have been relegated to the wilderness now of 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 the past, and the successful. They're looking much much more like. New Labour used to in, in the days of Blair, that, that it, it's a lot more professionals, a lot more suits and ties kicking around, um, and I noticed as well that um, the the periphery of the conference was full up this year of business coming back to Labour. You can always tell when a tide is turning, can't you? When when business can see where their best interests lie. Um, and they've started returning to the Labour Party now. They're beginning to feel more like a government in waiting. Um, and as long as they don't make some disastrous, silly move, which is, is, is always something that Labour seem possible of doing, I think they're in a good place. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think there's, there's two bit of internal PR, which I think has been well managed. It's, it's really how, how they escape the banana skins. So the first one is, why won't you let uh, your ministers and MPs join the picket lines? Mm. And I think Starmer's answered that really well by saying, look, we're a government in waiting. Uh, people wouldn't expect us to be on a pick, picket line. That's why. Mm. And you actually can't argue with that. <laughs> no. You, you could unpick it a bit and say, oh, well, it's all for show, is it? Then? Or, so, but, but I think he managed that well. And the other one was uh, how he dodged the the trap of the proportional representation vote because the some of the radio said, "Do you believe in democracy?" And of course he said, "Yes, I do." He <laughs> said, "Well, why don't you support the PR vote then?" And and he he cleverly explained that again. It was about being the government in waiting 
and uh, his priority was to win the next election and that's where all his efforts were mm. so I thought that's a sign of um, a man who's on top of his game and I should imagine has a good team behind him yeah they've given it some thought haven't they so he's got a um, yes he's got a yeah um, the proportional representation thing is an interesting one isn't it because it was passed by the conference so it is effectively Labour yeah. policy although yeah. I, mean, I think as we as we've established in the past the fact that it's passed by the conference and becomes party policy doesn't mean that the parliamentary party necessarily have to follow through with it which um, no I think they'll they'll let that sit on the on, on the books effectively and and it's in it, it I mean, same with all parties I guess but the, a lot of parties seem to want proportional representation when they're not on the verge of taking power under first past the post um, and I and I don't think at the moment um, proportional representation the other reason I think that there there's a there's a convoluted reason for this why they why they're not going to step up and and um, endorse proportional representation is they don't want to give the Scottish nationalists um, more influence than, than they've already got. I mean, they may play, and I don't know whether you saw um, Keir's speech when, when he, made, he made a point of saying there would be no deals with the Scottish I nationalists. I did see that. And, and, and that's clearly because Labour have to win Scottish seats to be able to get an overall majority in the UK as a whole um, and, and the, the Scottish nationalists are obviously the, the, the policies the policies they follow are well very similar to the Labour Party in Scotland to be fair um, but they don't Labour need those constituencies to be able to look for an overall majority so the idea that um, the idea that they'd be collaborating with the Scottish nationalists would give voters in Scotland the green light to go ahead and vote Scottish nationalists because they'd end up with the Labour government in their view by doing that, which obviously is very dangerous for Labour because they then have to enter either a coalition or, or a, an agreement with the Scottish nationalists to be able to govern, which they don't want to do. So that was the why well, the door was slammed in the face of the nationalists in that regard, but I thought they did they did very well. I'm interested by um, over the last year how the relationship with Angela Rayner has been cemented, because at one point you'd have Labour Party watchers would have put her way to the left of the party and almost um, well a Corbynista almost to a degree. She was one of the links I think between Corbyn and and uh, and the, the new Keir administration. And they had some falling out, didn't they, at the beginning, because he demoted her effectively without even having a discussion with her. But interesting what success does, isn't it? It seems to have pulled them back together. They're operating as a well-oiled team now. Um, and I think she's cut her links with the far left of the party. I think she's still, she's still, she's like um, Blair's Prescott, isn't she, really? She's like the, the balance. She, she appeals more, I think, to the working class element of the party. Although, yeah, I think she. Sorry. I, I agree. I think she, she called herself uh, John Prescott in a dress. Oh, did she? Uh, she did. Yeah, <laughs> not she a vision did. that I, uh, I want to think about too long. No, no, not really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he he effectively demoted her and then ended up 
having to give her more responsibility and a new title, didn't he? Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah. but but these things happen in politics, don't they? Uh, in fact, I was a bit disappointed. She she opened the speeches, didn't she? I think uh, she did. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't her best performance. It was. Yeah, a, a real it was more a traditional left-wing speech mm. uh, but I guess she, she she's very effective in the house isn't she yes. and, and she said on she said she enjoys or enjoyed being face to face with Boris mm. she actually enjoyed that uh, and I think that's her natural habitat yeah better better in front of all those screaming people in the house than than speaking on auto cue to the cameras yeah, I think she's a, and I, and I say this as a compliment. I think she's a bit of a street fighter, isn't she? In the sense of, yeah. um, she, yeah. she she knows how to, and I think, um, I think she and she and Boris would have enjoyed that. I think he would have enjoyed that as well in terms of, because um, uh, they're two, they spark off one another, don't they? They're they're ca- both characters in that regard, cut from the same mould, which. Um, which I think was really interesting, but but I think she's found her own over uh, uh, relative. Yeah, Although, definitely agree. Uh, yeah, at conference time, I think again, she's being a little bit more savvy because I don't really remember. I think it was Brighton last year, wasn't it, where she was um, caught out, recorded making um, uh, unwise oh, yes. comments on the fringe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and um, this year, of course, it was. Um, I can't remember the uh, one of the other. Backbench MPs who was caught out making unwise comments on the fringe with regard to oh the racist comment mm, mm. yeah well they they acted quickly though didn't they they did they they stamped they, that out one has to say but you're going to get this aren't you when you've got a gathering of hundreds mm. of diverse individuals uh, people are going to say silly things mm. and dare say people maybe have had a few too many red wines and and do yeah. stupid things as well it's just yeah. any walk of life any company you've ever worked in. Yeah, you, you, people make mistakes. So, but but sort of big picture though, uh, the question is: Do they look like a government in waiting? It was interesting to listen to him saying that during his speech. You know, he was going to be the next prime minister. Mm. He, he, his is a government in waiting. I don't think he would have said that a year ago. No, no. Don't I don't think, think he had he the control over the party that he had, that he has now. Then it, it it's Agreed. all come together and and. Coming back to what I'm saying earlier on, there was a, there was the the factions of the party last year, but you haven't heard anything about the left wing of the party or Corbyn. I mean, I know Corbyn had the whip taken away, but he was still there as a member apparently. Um, but no, I mean, no doubt there were, you know, in the fringe there were meetings, but I, there was none of the coverage that that there has been in previous years, and none of the grandstanding when when. You know, people come up on the stage and and put an alternative point of view in that regard. They were very cohesive. They were very much um, the other thing I've noticed that he's done as well, and it's it's gone under the radar with me. And all of a sudden, it can, he's brought back some of Labour's big beasts, which um, uh, is always reassuring, I think, mm. to the public. You know, Yvette Cooper mm. was there clapping away in the in the in the front. Oh line. yes, she was. Yeah, and um, and Ed, of course, Ed Miliband. <laughs> Um, and no bacon sandwiches in sight, um, from what I could see this time round. <laughs> or the 
Do you remember his tombstone, the headstone? <laughs> <laughs> With the ten pledges on. Yes, yes that's right. Immediately called the headstone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Came up with that idea. It's, um, it's just oh my goodness it me! Was, yeah. It's a shame because there were there were um, a lot of these, um, especially almost called Melder statesmen now, although they're not that old. They do show they they do highlight. I think um, how much better uh, our, our quality of politicians was even a few short years ago than they are now. I mean, Ed, Ed Miliband was talking um, on the television, I was, I was listening to him talking about um, all sorts of different things on, on Newsnight the previous night. And he comes across as very in control, very... And even, this isn't a party thing, even on the other side, William Haig. William Haig should have got the job much later in his career, I think, because he's... Oh, 100%. More, yeah. 100%. He, he, from the minute he stood up, at, was it Thatcher's conference, mm. age sixteen or something? <laughs> yes. Yes. He 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 was fifty before he was fifteen, wasn't yes. he? Yes. And it, it worked against him, but now he's uh, he's he really is a font of all knowledge, isn't he? He's uh, and he, I, I just heard some of his views on China and and yeah. I don't, oh crikey, I didn't realise he he knew so much about them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a pity because he would have he would have made a good leader now yes uh, but but i guess the question is well have have they reached this dizzy height because the, the polls have gone even more bananas haven't they in their favor they're up to 33 percent now aren't they in, in, is in that for wow 33 percent yeah. yeah that's got to be the highest ever isn't it uh, I it's, it's the highest apparently since you started taking soundings which was 22 years ago i think it was oh my goodness me so yes it's it's uh, um and it would i did it, see some some statistician had really had a fantastic um friday afternoon because he or she had worked out that if these votes were cast in a certain way hmm. uh, the tories could end up with two seats at the next election <laughs> 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 Presumably, that's given some of them food for thought. Then I would have thought, doesn't it? it um... Well, I think this is why. Uh, I know we're talking about Labour now, but I think this is why we're seeing quite a lot of comment in the press at the moment around what's going to happen with trust. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. I think so well, the last thing Starmer wants. Uh, uh, the last thing Starmer wants now is for trust to. Uh, to be uh, to be withdrawn yes. and nudged aside. Yes. Yeah, you don't want anybody... That's awful, isn't it? It sounds dreadful with the country. You don't want anybody of any competence brought back in that can rescue the situation. No. Um, no, he, he's, he's, had, he's had his dream, hasn't he? he? He knew he would always face a tough gig if he mm. was up against Boris, because Boris, mm. uh, when he's fighting an election, is amazing. Yes. Uh he got rid of him, and now he wants trust to stay. Yeah, she's not got. Um, I mean, a, 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 one of the arguments I think would have been that there was an element of competence there, but she hadn't got the media presence in any degree that Boris had. But unfortunately, it appears that it's a bit of a shallow vessel, and that she hasn't got the the competence either. There's just 
it's it's um it's a double whammy for the the conservatives at the moment i don't know unless they change it fairly quickly um where they go coming back to the labor I, party there was there was one yes, other we thing that, hmm, there was one other thing that struck me and i think it um i think it tells a story and that's um the nuanced approach that the specifically the Murdoch press are taking now with regard to Labour, there's there's not quite. A, if you look at um, the Times and and you look at the Sun um, and the broadcast media is not quite the same. But if you look at the Times and you look at the Sun and and, and even if you look at papers like the Telegraph, um, appreciate the Telegraph isn't Murdoch, but the the the, the print press are looking at who's going to be the next government, I think, rather than looking at who they traditionally supported in the past. And it's happened before, you know, before the landslide election of Blair in 1997, they had an arrangement with the Murdoch press. They, they'd come to an understanding that the Murdoch press would, would support Blair. And I think it's coming round to that way now. They're, they're, they're slowly, I mean, the the even the Express, I think, over the last week has moved to a degree. But they're, they're slowly coming round to to cutting ties. I think they, as well, can see which way the wind's blowing. All, all the, the signals, all the signs, all the vital statistics are in, in uh, Sakir's favour at the moment. So I think steady as she goes, really. Um, Interesting to see what happens in the coming week because the the Tories are in Birmingham this coming week, aren't they? That that looks that might be. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine if I was Liz Trust a worse background for my first conference no. as leader. Uh, we haven't got time to talk about Putin today, but we had him and his thoughts yesterday and his actions. You've got the economy tanking, you've got the pound tanking, you've got the gilts dropping through the floor. Mm. You've got, after three weeks, I think an awful lot of unrest in the parliamentary party. I I think it'll be a very strange atmosphere. How would you, I've got my own views on this, but if you were her, what would you, what would you be thinking at the moment? What would you be, how would you handle the party? I think she she has no choice other than to present the most positive view of her policies as she possibly can. Mm. And then I think so much of this work is done behind the scenes. I'd be meeting as many of the Parliamentary Party in particular as I possibly could mm. to explain my thinking and why... I did or didn't do things mm, yeah. I, and I think it's just hard yards I think that's what I would be doing do you want I, uh, I mean I've got a, th a thought if I were if I were writing her speech at the moment I think I'd um, I think I'd borrow from because she's always holding herself up as Thatcher I'd borrow from Thatcher you know the lady's not for turning thing I think would probably um, would probably appeal to some of the Right, <laughs> it's either it's kill or cure. It's either going to appeal or there'll be booing in the background because. Um, but I, I think that that's what I'd try and do. She because she's decided that she's going to double down on on um, the policies that they're trying to force through. I think that's the way I'd handle it. But it'd be quite interesting yeah, you, to, mm. 
you, you could try that I mean that famous conference speech isn't it it was a wonderful speech whoever wrote it but uh, mm. the you, I, I, I think the problem with trying to mimic Thatcher is you you always it's back to something we said earlier you you, you always can face that criticism is those times were different mm. Mm. what Thatcher did at that point in time was with a different economic backdrop which will always be the case yeah. in any government so she can try that one, but I think she's got to be original. Mm. It's going to get a bigger viewing figure than it normally does, the Conservative Party conference this week, I would suggest. Yes. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, it will. Which it will, particularly her speech, which is it Tuesday? Do they normally do the speech on Tuesday? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. So um, we'll, we'll have to Let's wait hope she see. doesn't get a sore throat and none of the letters fall off. The stage. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we have remnants of. Uh, she must be. Um, we I think we're, we're running close on time. We won't go on for too much longer. But yeah. she must be sitting in the background, sort of rubbing her hands together, I would have thought. Um, uh, Theresa May, after the way she was treated by the party, because she wasn't treated terribly well, was she? It's similar to William Hague, isn't it? Mm. She she probably would have been a good leader after Boris. Mm. Mm. Steady the ship. Yeah, and someone who worked hard, was a good thinker, um, unlikely to spend £200,000 on a Downing Street flat. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Lewis fan, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so very much on the side of the Tory voters. Yeah. And, and listeners, um, just to add there, we're not getting any money at the moment from John Lewis. So if you want to chuck us a few Other quid, John Lewis, you're more than welcome to. Other brands are available. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that seems an opportune moment to call it a day for this week, doesn't it? And I, I know next week we'll have a lot more to talk about from Birmingham. Um, and um, we'll see you then. So it's, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bye.